It's time for today's episode of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast with your host, the voice of Shaggy from the old Scooby-Doo cartoons and America's college recruiting guru, Dan Tudor. Coach, welcome aboard to another great edition of the College Recruiting Weekly Podcast. This is Dan Tudor, and I'm really glad that you joined us for this episode today. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. You know, one of the things that as we have started this and it's gained popularity and more and more people and coaches are listening to it, I've asked them, well, what are the types of things that you want to hear? What are the things that matter to you that will improve your recruiting? And and one of the most popular answers that comes back every single time is we want to hear how other coaches have been successful. And so today we're going to bring you one of those coaches, Matt DeRocher from Clarkson University, the women's hockey coach there, two national championships in the last 40 years. So he's doing something right. And as I think you'll hear him explain, there are some unconventional ways that he and his staff approach recruiting and in building the program. And keep in mind, they're doing this at a place that is not your traditional uh, big spending, we have everything, Division One University. And we'll, we'll get more into that into the podcast, but I think you're going to find it fascinating. I think the, the advice that he is going to give is going to have some immediate impact in your program. So we'll get to that conversation in just a moment. I uh, wanted to talk about uh, one thing. This week was a busy week for me personally, the week before uh, I've, I'm recording this podcast. Got back from two campus workshops and uh, some of you that are listening have, have been a part of this, where we come to campus and we teach an athletic department staff the latest recruiting trends, techniques, strategies that work, but we also build it specifically for, uh, for, this, for that school that we're, we happen to, to be working at. So everything is, is very customized dealing with their issues. And I just want to talk about that a little bit using these two schools that I went to as an example, and I'm not going to name the schools because one of the things that we hold pretty closely is that we we don't like to um, we don't like to to publicly say where we work because then that protects the anonymity of the school, and it, that just works out better in this environment that we work in, highly competitive recruiting environment. But uh, the the two schools that I went to, one was a Division two, one was a Division three completely different parts of the country, completely different issues that they were having to deal with. Um, and, and I bring this up because another thing that that coaches ask for is, uh, hey, the, the workshops that you do, what are those like? And there's a lot of people and athletic directors that will inquire about those. And I realize I've never really talked about what goes into a workshop. So let me just take a second and do that. And I think you're actually going to learn something from the two examples that I'll bring up. Uh, the first workshop that I did this past week was at a Division II school. Um, fantastic staff, I would say, and, and they would say too, average facilities at a private uh, Division II school, and they were looking for sort of the missing piece. What? How can we get better? What? What's going right? What's going wrong? And that was the thing that they were trying to answer. Uh, incredibly passionate staff. That, uh, that really cares about the school, that really wants to do better. And at one point, uh, and this is one of the unpredictable things, when we do a workshop, sometimes there are things that come out that are, um, are extremely, they just hit close to home for that staff. And so there was one point during uh, the first day of the workshop where I told them, I'm going to step out and all of you as a staff need to 
have sort of a heart to heart about how you can work together uh, as within an athletic department to do better for your visiting prospects and for the recruits that end up becoming players on your campus. And that was supposed to go, that little section was going, going to go maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Well, it ended up going almost 45 minutes. Uh, and you had a couple of coaches that were very, very passionate about what needed to change. And I think as I left, I got the feeling after the, the second day that this was the staff that was going to put it together. And that's one of the things I have to tell you in what I get to do that is so satisfying when you can be a little bit of a catalyst for a department to kind of come together and say, look, we're doing this and this wrong, but we have the opportunity to do things right. Let's get it right. And they, they go off in a good direction. So that's for that part of the workshop, it went beyond the teaching and the techniques and the strategies. It actually went into the stuff that's going on behind the scenes that sometimes really hampers a recruiting effort, which was in this case, what do we need to do cohesively to, to be more of a staff that can help each other with recruits? And then once the athletes get to campus and they're a part of our program, they uh, I think they have now a, a list of ideas that they generated and that we talked about as a group that are going to really, really set them apart from other schools. So I'm really excited after leaving the campus to see what they're going to do this next upcoming year as they begin recruiting. Uh, the second school that I was at was a Division three school. Um, really, one of those schools that is certainly a, a consistently a top 50 school academically in the country. And, and as those of you know that might be coaching at, at one of those schools, sometimes that's, that's both, a, both a blessing and a curse because with the highly academic school comes some of the restrictions that you have in terms of the types of athletes that you can recruit. And then also sometimes the process itself gets uh, a little bit challenging internally just to get the kid through the system, get the prospect in and approved, and and all the while um, trying to do some of the things that some other schools where they don't have those restrictions are doing to to try to attract that athlete. So you're you're both competing in, in one sense with other schools as well as with the process at, at your school. And so, again, for that workshop, it was a completely different scenario that they were trying to overcome. And, and so it was fascinating to me to see the way both staffs reacted. And what I loved about the two schools was that we were there talking to groups of coaches who genuinely cared about their campus, about their individual program, and and we're again we're passionate about it that's the word that keeps coming to mind but even at the second school um, had a lot of coaches when we would bring up strategies that we've seen work at other division threes they were passionate enough to disagree or to question further make me prove sort of the 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 strategy and the the techniques that we were recommending but as i ended that session and i sort of reflected back over the week at at what those two workshops were like it underscored for me the importance for you as a staff, for your athletic department, whether or not I'm involved with, with leading a workshop or not, that put that aside for a second. It is so important as a staff to actively pursue whatever the latest recruiting techniques are. And that could be something as simple as in your meetings, be willing to share with each other what you're doing or what you find isn't working. Because when you share those things, other coaches within your department may have the answers and that is something that you have as a resource that you don't need me for. If if we were a part of something 
again, the, the, there are so many things going on behind the scenes that once we do the focus group survey that we do with each, uh, with each campus that we're trying to attract better prospects to, when we do a focus group survey with their existing athletes and we ask them to walk through what that college and other colleges did right and wrong in the process, and we take them through and, and measure about 30 different aspects of their recruiting decision, we uncover what those answers are. And from there, we can put together the right kind of workshop, the right kind of techniques and recommendations that, that are going to be successful for that school. So there were different things that we that we recommended for the first school that we went to in this past week versus the second school because they're completely different situations. And so when you get back in front of your fellow coaches or before you leave campus uh, for the summer, if you're listening to this uh, right after it's being recorded here in May of 2017, bring your fellow coaches together. Have a day where you just say, look, let's talk about recruiting for two or three hours. And, and ask what's going right for you. What are the things that you feel like aren't going well, that you're doing wrong, that, that you're finding you just can't get beyond, and come up with some creative solutions. And, and when those prospects do visit campus, what can you as a staff do to better work uh, in a cohesive unit in a way that, that makes just a huge impact and makes your campus feel and seem different than all of the others that they're visiting. That is such an important part of the final decision for a prospect, and you have the control over it. And that's what that was just underscored to me in so many ways in this past week, being on those two different campuses. Um, and fortunately, they were with passionate staff. So are you passionate about the place where you coach, and are you passionate about learning better and more effective recruiting techniques. I would say the fact that you're listening to this podcast uh, is one of the the proof sources that I would use to say that you are passionate or at least curious about it and willing to listen. And so that takes us into this interview that we did with Matt DeRocher from Clarkson University Women's Hockey. That is our big interview for today. Our guest on the podcast today is Matt DeRocher, the head coach of Clarkson University women's hockey. And one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to Matt, I've actually wanted to do this for uh, for a couple of months now, uh, after they had won their first national championship in 2014, was to find out how he how did he do it then, and what was the what was the secret to taking tiny Clarkson University all the way to beating some some very, very uh, well-funded, big-name schools uh, around the country and, and, and basically doing the job against them when it, when it counted in the tournament. And I was waiting for this season to end to, to ask him, and lo and behold, this season he goes, uh, goes along and wins another national championship. He wins the 2017 NCAA National Women's Hockey Championship. Matt agreed to talk to us, and I'm really thankful because anytime a coach opens up and shares the way that he or she has done something that other coaches are striving to do, I think that's a that's a huge uh, huge benefit for anybody that wants to listen to that coach. But also, it shows a lot about their character and, and willingness to share and make their sport better and, and make coaches better. And that's, I think, very much the way that uh, that that Matt operates. And uh, so he sat down with us, and we wanted to find out. At the core, how does he do it there at a small school without the funding and facilities and and even the location that other schools have to offer? How is he getting it done? 
and what are his philosophies about how to build a not only a great program but a great recruiting message because he has had to take uh, the last several seasons the last nine seasons to figure that out at Clarkson and fair fair enough to say that I think he's done it so we started off the conversation with that I think a very very simple question and that is coach how do you keep doing it at such a high level it was such great results how do you do that at Clarkson University <laughs> um, I don't know it's a, it's a tough question to answer you know I think we just have um, you know our own process that we've just kind of figured out uh, you know a little bit of trial and error over the years on what works for us and what doesn't and and uh, you know I think that was the biggest thing like for us is just I thought it was important to figure out who we are and kind of what we stand for and then build around that and and try and stay true to that as much as possible um you know for us just trying not to be something or somebody uh, that you aren't you know i think that was important for us um you know i always scratch my head when i hear of other coaches or programs trying to be something or someone other than themselves and um you know, you hear coaches saying things like, you know, we're the Minnesota of the East or we're like an Ivy League uh, school but with scholarships. And, you know, for me, I just – it's more important to, um, you know, really stay true to, to who you are and what you are. Um, I just don't understand why anyone would want to compare themselves to someone else. Uh, so, like I said, I think it's – for us, it was about figuring out who we were and, and what we stood for and then building around it and then strain, staying true to that. So Matt's answers as we started the interview then begged the follow-up question. How do you define who you are and, and what you're all about? How does a coach look at their team, look at their situation, and figure out the best way to do that? Yeah, I, I guess there's a lot of things that really go into it. Um, you know, for us, you know, a place like Clarkson, we're, we're, we're a small school. We don't have 50,000 students. We're not in a big city. Um, so there's no reason for us to pretend that that's who we are. We're, we're not that. So I think when, we, um, when we're talking to parents and recruits, uh, we, we kind of lay it out on the line to them. This is who we are, and, and this is how we think we can provide you with a great experience. And, and some people may not be looking for something like that. They may be looking for something different, or it might be exactly what they're looking for. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, uh, because we've stayed true to, to who we are and what we are, um, you know, those families that do decide to come thrive because they know exactly what they're getting. I wanted to ask Matt about the location of the school and how that factors into recruiting, because if you've never been to Clarkson University, you're not alone. It's in upstate New York. Uh, it's sort of out of the way. It is definitely a destination school you have to want to go visit Clarkson because you're not going to drive by it most of the time going someplace else. And so how did that play a factor? And also, when it comes to success, they play in an older facility. 25-plus years they've been in that facility. So they don't have the new facility. They don't have the location. It's cold in upstate New York. And yet they continue to get great athletes to go there. So what's the secret? How does he do that? can't focus too much on the things that you don't have you know we we always talk to our players about uh you know controlling the controllables you know control the things that you can control and don't worry about the things that you can't control 
uh, again, for us, I, I can't control that we're a small school in upstate New York. Um, you know, but there are positives to that too. So I think we, as a staff, just you know, took it upon ourselves to really make sure that we, we focused on all the positives and didn't really focus too much on the, on the negative side. To me, I think everyone, every school has their positives and their negatives, uh, no matter where you are. It doesn't matter if it's a big school, Big Ten school. It doesn't matter. Everyone's got, um, you know, little bits and pieces of things that, uh, you know, recruits are looking for. And then they also may have some bits and pieces of things that, you know, maybe aren't as attractive to recruits. But for us, it was more so about focusing on the things that, um, you know, really highlighted Clarkson University and, and what we were trying to do here. I think it's really important for you as a listener to understand that it took a while to develop the right story. And so we asked Coach DeRocher about that, the process that he went through to determine and to develop the story that would really connect with recruits. Yeah, it definitely took some time for us to really develop that. Um, Like I said, I think there's a little bit of trial and error that goes with it. Um, But I think the most important thing is just, you know, good, open, honest communication with recruits and their parents. You know, finding what they feel is important in the process for them and then building upon that and showing them how we feel um, we at Clarkson can provide that for them. Um, Again, it's more so focusing on the positive side of things and not so much the negative side. And and that's the biggest thing. Like when we were doing this too, and with open and honest communication, something that they perceive initially as a negative, um, you know, if we're able to get that, from them and get them to communicate um, that with us. Um, oftentimes, you know, there's a case to be made that there's actually a positive side to that, and and maybe they're just viewing it in a in a in a different way that they uh, they never really thought of. Um, so for us, it, it's all about communication and really getting to know the the recruits and their parents. One of the things that we consistently preach to coaches is that you need objections through the recruiting process. It's actually a fair sign of interest from your prospect or their parents. And so we wanted to find out how Coach DeRocher and his staff managed those objections that they would get from a recruit when they visited campus or when they were trying to get that recruit to visit campus. Yeah, there's really no seekers, to be honest with you. Again, it comes down to communication. I always tell recruits and their parents that that we as coaches, we're here to provide you with as much information as possible so they can make the best decision for them. Um, you know, what I may perceive as a positive, they may not. So even so, if they see it as a negative and, and I give them my spin on how I perceive it as a positive, they still not, may not see my point of view. And, and that's fine. Because like I said prior, this is who we are. This is what we can offer. Um, if you feel like that is a good fit for you, great. If you don't, that's fine. You know, I'll help you do whatever you can to find a place that is best for you. And I, I think just having that open and honest style of communication really puts recruits and parents at ease. Um, 
so like I said, I, I think it comes down to the communication side of things. And, and, and a lot of times, too, when we're just having these conversations, you open up their eyes. They're new to the process. We've been through this, you know, hundreds and hundreds of times with recruits and that. Um, you know, so a lot of the times they don't know what questions to ask. They don't know exactly the ins and outs of your program, uh, your school, uh, the community base that you're in. Um, so, again, it's, it's just – Put upon us as coaches and recruiters and that to kind of give them as much information because um, you may even talk to them about something that they never thought about that they were like oh I, I can see how that's a, that's a big positive or a benefit and that so again it just comes down to communication and having good open conversation one of the things with this generation of recruits that you probably have observed is that some of them come into the process and into your conversation with them a little bit guarded, even a little bit skeptical about why they should trust you or listen to you or consider your school and your program. So we asked Matt what it is that he does on a regular basis to, uh, to combat that and to turn that around into actually a way to connect with that athlete as they continue to talk to that prospect. Yeah, I think part of that is, is uh, the communication that you have with them prior to getting to campus. Um, like you said, I, I think recruits and parents um, typically have their guard up and kind of looking for, um, they're, they're almost picking apart every little thing that you're saying to them and, and wondering if there's full truth to that or not. So I guess it's just building that relationship uh, even prior to them getting on campus and having them um, just feel comfortable with you and, and just, you know, trusting in everything that you say. I think when they get on campus too, um, I know it was like this for me and, and, you know, I've spoke to my assistant coaches about this and, and a lot of recruits say the same thing that a lot of it comes down to the feel you get on campus when you arrive on campus. Um, I remember when I was going through the recruiting process, you know, I stepped on a campus that was, um, you know, it was bigger than my hometown that I grew up in and I knew within 10 minutes that that probably wasn't the place for me. Um, so I think a lot of it comes down to the feel that you get on campus. So for us, um, you know, we try and make them feel as comfortable as possible before they get on campus. And then obviously while they're on campus, just that comfort level um, really helps out quite a bit. One of the things that women's hockey has been addressing or trying to as, as a group, as well as other coaches around the country, is the topic of early recruiting. How early is too early? Should there be limits put in place such as the ones that the college lacrosse coaches have put into place. And, and we asked Matt about that, his philosophy towards it, what are the pros and cons, and how do he and his staff approach early recruiting and some of the challenges that come along with that? Yeah, that's been a big topic in our sport, uh, you know, for the last little bit. Um, you know, we just had our coaches convention um, where it was a big topic down there, and there was a lot of really good discussion on it. And good discussion that I I appreciated listening to because um, you're able to kind of get a lot of different perspectives about it. And a lot of the coaches brought up some good points um, in regards to – you know, trying to get rid of this early recruiting that we're starting to see now, or um, maybe some of the benefits that come with it. Um, so I'm very much a guy that likes to keep an open mind. Um, 
about things and try and get as much information as I possibly can. Um, for me, it's, it's just a difficult situation, difficult topic right now because I do see a lot of the the positives and the negatives on, on what I perceive um, with the early recruiting. And I see what it's done to to us as coaches and our quality of life. I've seen what it does with recruits um, and their quality of life and them just kind of, you know, jumping into this, um, you know, early recruiting process and decision-making without maybe being as informed as impossible, uh, as, as they possibly can, sorry. Um, you know, so I see that side of things, but then I also see the side that, uh, you know, it allows recruits to kind of, you know, get that off their shoulders, off their plate, and, and really focus on, uh, you know, their test scores and the remainder of their school and and uh, the sports that they're in and, and, and different things like that, so it's not as much as a stressor. Um, so I see both sides of things, um, so it's hard for me to have a, a really hard stance on it, but Again, I've, I've been around a little while now, and I, I saw the way it used to be, um, you know, the way that we were able to kind of recruit and, and kind of pick our spots. And, and to me, I just think it's it's spiraling a, a little bit out of control, and it's definitely something that we, we just need to sit down and really take a close look at um, on how we want to deal with it moving forward. So once that connection is made with that prospect, what does Coach DeRocher feel is the priority in the process. What are the things that he puts front and center as one of the ways to make sure they get the prospect that they want? Well, it boils down to one key thing for him, the relationship. Yeah, it, you know, it really comes down to building relationships. You know, for us, it's about building relationships with the recruits and their families and um, their club coaches, because they're much more involved now in the process uh, due to early recruiting. Um, and really just trying to find out exactly what these recruits and their parents are looking for and, and what things they feel um, they need to be successful moving forward, um, you know, on and off the ice. Uh, so for us, it's, it's just about, you know, that constant communication like I keep talking about and, and really just trying to, to figure out, uh, you know, build – those relationships and just kind of get a feel for what they really want, which is, it's been a little bit more difficult now that uh, with the recruiting process that we can't, um, you know, get in touch with these kids directly. And we're going through club coaches and stuff like that. It's very difficult. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but you know, you have to find a way around it to, to try and build these relationships and give these kids and their parents as much information as possible even on the whole process, not just Clarkson University. Of course, if you make that early connection in a recruiting relationship and you have yourself established as the front runner for their talents once they make their final decision, life is good, right? Well, yes, it could be, except what many coaches are learning and certainly what Coach DeRocher and his staff feel is important is continuing to recruit the prospect, that you can't back off and forget about them and continue to uh, to move on and not communicate with them, that is important. That's become vital to this generation of prospects. So how does Coach DeRocher and his staff continue to recruit an athlete even after they get their verbal commitment? Uh, yeah, I, I, pro I think the most important thing is really just trying to find out 
um, you know, what recruits and their parents are looking for throughout the entire process. And then even once they're at schools, what they want, what are their goals moving forward, um, you know, while they're at school, beyond school, um, to see what types of things that your school can help them with in order to get there. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. All, all these kids and their, and their parents are looking for, okay, what can you do for me? And, and like I said earlier, it's like for us at, here at Clarkson and that, it's this is who we are. This is how we feel we can help you attain your goals that you spoke to me about. Um, you know, is that something that you're looking for? So I think that's kind of the most important thing um, in this process. Along with continuing to recruit the prospect and communicate with them after they get a commitment, there's another big factor in making sure recruiting is successful, and that is recruiting and communicating with the parents. How do he and his fellow coaches at Clarkson University Women's Hockey deal with that? How do they factor in and plan for communication with the parents of the recruits that lead to championship level seasons? Yeah, it's, it's really important and, and it's changed over the years. Um, like you alluded to with the early recruiting, you know, back when you had uh, seniors in high schools, you know, going on their official visits and making commitments, you know, halfway uh, through the year towards the end of their college, I mean, their uh, high school, um, you know, careers and that there wasn't a lot of that time between when they committed and when they showed up on campus. Um, so obviously you had to help them through the, the admissions process and all that other kind of stuff. But now, um, now that you have these kids committed for, you know, one, two years out, um, you have to stay in constant communication with them. Uh, you know, for us, it's, it's very much we tell them, you know, if you guys have any questions, feel free to call us in that anytime. We also do a lot of, uh, you know, just checking in with them to see how things are going in their life and uh, if they have any questions on the academic side of things. Um, you know, we help them with the whole eligibility center stuff. So there's a lot of little things that you can touch upon and keep in touch with them with. But again, it all comes back to that, uh, just having strong communication between yourself and, and the recruits and their parents. If you've noticed, many of the things that we've talked to Coach DeRocher about in this podcast have to do with the right way to do things, which then by virtue of, of doing them right, you're avoiding doing something wrong. You're avoiding a mistake. I did want to ask him, though, in his experience with watching other uh, other coaches at his school recruit, as well as other coaches within his sport of women's hockey, what are the mistakes he feels coaches have the tendency to make in the recruiting process? Oh, that's a that's a tough question there. Um, <laughs> going to ask at least one. No, I know you're going to make me uh, work hard and think about this one. Um, you know, again, it's tough for me to speak for other coaches and that, but uh, like I alluded to at the at the beginning, um, you know, figure out who you are and, and, and stick with that. Don't try and be someone else. Um, you know, just be yourself. Be who you are. This is who we are. This is what we feel we can do for you. Um, I just think that helps build the trust factor, you uh, you know, with your recruits and their parents and that. And again, I just don't know why you'd want to be uh, something that you're not or, or, or try and be someone else. Um, 
You know, I also think too, you know, we've been here at a small school and we've been able to build it up and, um, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily focus on being a small school. We don't look at that as a downfall. Um, we've never let that affect the way that we recruit. Um, you know, even when we were, you know, just starting the program and, and, and we weren't at the competitive level that we are now, we still felt like okay, we're going to go out there and we're going to go after the best recruits possible for this program. And maybe sometimes, you know, teams that, uh, you know, may not be on the competitive level that we are currently and stuff may feel intimidated and feel like they can't get in the mix with some of those top recruits. And we just never had that attitude. We always felt like, hey, you know, we got to go and we got to try and, and we got to put our best foot forward and, um you know, if we're able to be successful and, and get lucky and land one of those recruits, great. We can start building from there. But, you know, if not, oh, well, at least we tried. Um, so I think that's, you know, another important factor to kind of take into consideration. As we wrapped up our conversation with Matt DeRocher, the head coach at Clarkson University Women's Hockey, I had one final question for him that I love to ask coaches who win championships and are consistently at the top of their sport because I think the perception by many coaches is that once you reach that level life is good you don't have anything to worry about uh, you just sort of kick it into cruise control and and you have achieved college coaching nirvana well far from it uh, so I asked coach DeRocher this last question coach what scares you what keeps you up at night now that you've won two national championships in a pretty short amount of time And that's the thing. I think uh, a lot of people think that it's, and don't get me wrong, it is. It's very difficult to get to this level. Um, there's no question about it. But, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize that it's, it's extremely difficult to stay at this level um, with the expectations that are put on you, um, not only from the outside world, but also um, internally. You know, I'm a, I'm a very competitive person, and, and now that, you know, I've, we've tasted a little bit of success in that, uh, you constantly want to keep getting that success. Um, so you, for me, it's about you can't just be comfortable with um, the success you've had and, and, and what you're doing. you got to be ready to adapt, and you got to be ready to change um, when it's called upon. Um, so for me, it's, you know, what keeps me up at night is, is, is thinking about the things like, I don't want this to go away. What do I need to keep doing to get even better than we are right now? Um, because, you know, a lot of coaches, you're just, you're never satisfied. You always want to keep getting better and better. So even when you're at uh, the top of your sport, you still want to figure out ways on how you keep improving and getting better. And sometimes that's pretty difficult. Well, Coach, there you have it, some lessons from a coach who is doing it at a high level, beating programs that on paper he probably shouldn't be at a school that has plenty of reasons to say no to it. Do you see how much it comes down to planning, taking a strategic approach about the way that you talk to recruits, and not letting whatever perceived objections or facility or funding shortfalls 
get in the way of, of making a champion out of your program. So we really appreciate his advice and direction and insights. Coach, we, we hope that you enjoyed this. We definitely want you to uh, subscribe if you haven't already. And more importantly, tell other coaches within your department that they need to listen if they want to get better at recruiting. So make sure you share this with your, your fellow coaches within your athletic department. That's going to do it for today. We really appreciate you listening, Coach, and we'll be back again soon with another episode of College Recruiting Weekly. We hope you have a great week. So Matt's answers, as we started the interview, then begged the follow-up question. How do you define who you are and, and what you're all about? How does a coach look at their team, look at their situation, and figure out the best way to do that? I wanted to ask Matt about the location of the school and how that factors into recruiting, because if you've never been to Clarkson University, you're not alone. It's in upstate New York. Uh, it's sort of out of the way. It is definitely a destination school. You have to want to go visit Clarkson because you're not going to drive by it most of the time going someplace else. And so how did that play a factor? And also, when it comes to success, they play in an older facility. 25 plus years they've been in that facility. So they don't have the new facility. They don't have the location. It's cold in upstate New York. And yet they continue to get great athletes to go there. So what's the secret? How does he do that? I think it's really important for you as a listener to understand that it took a while to develop the right story. And so we asked Coach DeRocher about that, the process that he went through to determine and to develop the story that would really connect with recruits. One of the things that we consistently preach to coaches is that you need objections through the recruiting process. It's actually a fair sign of interest from your prospect or their parents. And so we wanted to find out how Coach DeRocher and his staff managed those objections that they would get from a recruit when they visited campus or when they were trying to get that recruit to visit campus. One of the things with this generation of recruits that you probably have observed is that some of them come into the process and into your conversation with them a little bit guarded, even a little bit skeptical about why they should trust you or listen to you or consider your school and your program. So we asked Matt what it is that he does on a regular basis to, uh, to combat that and to turn that around into actually a way to connect with that athlete as they continue to talk to that prospect. 
One of the things that women's hockey has been addressing or trying to as, as a group, as well as other coaches around the country, is the topic of early recruiting. How early is too early? Should there be limits put in place, such as the ones that the college lacrosse coaches have put into place? And, and we asked Matt about that, his philosophy towards it, what are the pros and cons, and how do he and his staff approach early recruiting and some of the challenges that come along with that? So once that connection is made with that prospect, what does Coach DeRocher feel is the priority in the process? What are the things that he puts front and center as one of the ways to make sure they get the prospect that they want? Well, it boils down to one key thing for him, the relationship. Of course, if you make that early connection in a recruiting relationship, and you have yourself established as the front runner for their talents once they make their final decision, life is good, right? Well, yes, it could be, except what many coaches are learning, and certainly what Coach DeRocher and his staff feel is important, is continuing to recruit the prospect, that you can't back off and forget about them and continue to, uh, to move on and not communicate with them that is important. That's become vital to this generation of prospects. So how does Coach DeRocher and his staff continue to recruit an athlete even after they get their verbal commitment? Along with continuing to recruit the prospect and communicate with them after they get a commitment, there's another big factor in making sure recruiting is successful, and that is recruiting and communicating with the parents. How do he and his fellow coaches at Clarkson University Women's Hockey deal with that? How do they factor in and plan for communication with the parents of the recruits that lead to championship-level seasons? If you've noticed, many of the things that we've talked to Coach DeRocher about in this podcast have to do with the right way to do things, which then, by virtue of, of doing them right, you're avoiding doing something wrong. You're avoiding a mistake. I did want to ask him, though, in his experience with watching other, uh, other coaches at his school recruit, as well as other coaches within his sport of women's hockey, what are the mistakes he feels coaches have the tendency to make in the recruiting process? As we wrapped up our conversation with Matt DeRocher, the head coach at Clarkson University Women's Hockey, I had one final question for him that I love to ask coaches who win championships and are consistently at the top of their sport. Because I think the perception by many coaches is that once you reach that level, life is good, you don't have anything to worry about, uh, you just sort of kick it into cruise control and, and you have achieved college coaching nirvana. Well, far from it. Uh, so I asked Coach DeRocher this last question, Coach, what scares you? What keeps you up at night now that you've won two national championships in a pretty short amount of time. 